This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. We're going to be checking your comments as we go through the show. So if you're watching live and you've got something to say, do get involved in the conversation tonight. Our podcast is entirely supported by our loyal patron community. Without them, we couldn't make this show each week. And we've got two new patrons who joined us in the last week. So a huge welcome to Andrew Crompton, who joined our Bobby Stokes tier, and also Joe who joined our James Beattie tier. Uh, thank you, guys. We really appreciate your support and a bit more on that and how you can help later on. Coming up this week on the podcast, Saints fall to a 1-0 defeat against AZ Alkmaar in their final pre-season game. But have we seen enough to convince ourselves that we'll have a decent start to the season? The competitive football starts this week with almost 3,000 Saints fans making their way to Hillsborough on Friday evening for the Championship Curtain Opener at Sheffield Wednesday. Going to be joined by James Mapping from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast to preview that game later. And in a week that promised so much, very little was actually confirmed regarding transfers. But we'll check the latest rumours for you and we'll discuss our best 11 for Friday. My name is Martin Stark and I'm joined by our regular contributors. Steve Grant is the owner of Saints Web. Glenda LaCour is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. And Alfie House is the Southampton reporter for the Southern Daily Echo. All underpinned by our TSP patrons. This is episode 237 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. And before we kick things off this week, just one final call before the season starts for the TSP FPL. As we mentioned last week, one perk for all our patron tiers is access to our League and Cup TSP FPL. We run this throughout the season with exclusive TSP merchandise given to the winners of each. Now, if you're a patron, you'll find details of how to access this in your patron account and in your DMs. And if you're a new sign-up, you'll get the details in your welcome message. And if you do want to get involved this week before the start of the season, and support TSP with a monthly subscription, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast for more details. All the links are in the podcast show notes and the YouTube description. So on to the football and Saints ended their preseason schedule with a 1-0 defeat against AZ Alkmaar at St Mary's on Saturday. Uh, we all saw the game. Glenn, what were the positives to, to take away from this one if there were any? Um, I think you've got to put the positives, you've got to got to frame it with the um with the Bournemouth friendly which was just before that because in the Bournemouth friendly we were we, we were slightly kamikaze in our attacking in that you know we, we we were absolutely flying forward whenever we could and we were leaving gaps all over the place the positives I took from the Alkmaar game is that it was a little bit more pragmatic um, and it, I mean it's all about finding a balance so I, I thought the Alkmaar game as a as an exercise was was quite good because the midfield were you know the the midfield that we started with 
which Ward Prowse, Smallbone, and Alcaraz, they were quite disciplined in that they they didn't all go at the same time. You know, there was there was there was always a, a an eye on what what was going on because you couldn't you couldn't go into a league season playing like we did against against Bournemouth because you would just sort of like cough up just too many chances. I know we want us to we want to see us going forward and we want to see options in front of the ball. But I thought the the Almar game we we got the we got the balance a little bit better, but we. We didn't have enough attacking threat, I thought, in the, in the game. We didn't really work the goalkeeper at all, I don't think. I can't remember him having a save to make. But you've got to remember, they, they are a very good side. They're better technically than any any team that we're going to play this year. So um, so I, I, I thought it was a good exercise. But uh, yeah, I, I left with a, with a, a again, that, that worry. The worry changes from week to week. You know, one day it's... We're not going to. One week it's that we're not going to score enough goals, and the next week it's that we're going to concede too many goals. And uh, I'm I'm erring more on the we're not going to score enough goals at the moment. So I thought that the, the lineup that he picked was 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 quite telling. I know we're going to get onto that later, but uh, but yeah, I, I just thought it was sort of merely okay as a as a performance. It didn't, you know, it didn't uh, it didn't make me feel massively optimistic for the season. But you know, I thought it was okay. It was a tough pre-season schedule, really, Alfie, wasn't it? But I guess that's what it's for. I mean, what did you make of, of Saturday? Did you have to take it in the context of all the, the other games and the opponents that we faced? Yeah, I think you do. I and mean, it was a tough pre-season schedule, to be fair. I mean, Russ was made reference to Benfica about four different times when we were speaking to him. Obviously, Portuguese champions to start. Bournemouth, unfortunately, are, are a league above Southampton, and that was obviously a tough game. And, and Azel Alkmaar, as Glenn mentioned, yeah, Europa Conference League semi-finalists, what I wanted to say there was because uh, I made the exact same observation as Glenn and every other supporter I sort of spoke to online and at the game did as well that it felt like it was a bit more of a you know not a defensive exercise but there was clearly a bit like a bit of pragmatism, a bit more conservatism in the play. Fullbacks weren't bombing quite as much. Midfield was a bit more balanced. So I then when I spoke to Russell after the game, I said you know it looked a bit more conservative. You know was there a bit, bit of a difference in the detail to the players? And immediately went what in what way in what way like not, not you know not aggressively or defensively, but he was surprised I was asking him so I said well you know I'm not an analyst I don't know but it looked to me like the, the fullbacks were a bit more calm it wasn't quite as chaotic and he was like no there was absolutely no difference in the detail you know why would we do that it was the same detail and uh, it was just tough for opposition so I'm not sure I, I came out there thinking that it was a, a sort of a defensive uh, test maybe like if you go away to, to Middlesbrough or something that's how you might play but I think the detail is exactly the same so I think it might have just been the players struggling to to get it out to be honest. Maybe subconsciously that was something that they'd worked on this week or, mm, or perhaps he was upset that you'd rumbled him. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Was it that obvious? Uh, Steve, you were there yesterday. I mean, have you seen enough in, in pre-season to be confident going into that run of opening fixtures? Oh, God, I don't know is the honest answer to that. Um, I mean, as, we need a as few more said, games, don't we? Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> I mean... I mean, let's let's have let's have an away game against I don't know Weymouth, someone someone we can stick eight seven eight goals past and and kind of show that actually the strikers do know where the goal is, even if it's against National League South opposition or whatever. But yeah, it's 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 difficult difficult to gauge because the quality of opposition we've played in preseason isn't what we're going to be playing week in week out in the league. Huge huge difference in in quality up and down really. I mean, Reading were rubbish. And I don't think even the worst teams in in the championship will be down at their level this season. Similarly, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, are Premier League, Premier League side, unfortunately, and and look to have spent another fair bit fair bit of money with the idea of keeping themselves there. So they're still they're still that yeah, just that little bit better than us, and sh- certainly sharper than us is um, was kind of the big difference I think that that came out of that game on on Tuesday. Although, I mean, as you say, from an attacking uh, perspective, we looked we looked all right in that game, I thought. The problem we've got, and it's obviously something that Russell Martin's identified and has moaned about um, a couple of times um, already, which is that the team that starts on Friday night is, I mean, you could, you could realistically take five or six players out of whatever 11 he names on Friday night, and those players won't be registered to the club on the 1st of September. So that's kind of the the frustrating situation that we're in that our kind of early run of games in the first first two months really are against a lot of the sides that we would expect to be kind of there or thereabouts um i mean i don't i probably don't include sheffield wednesday and plymouth in that but as newly promoted sides they obviously come up with a little bit of momentum but then you're talking i mean norwich not sure about them really but 
with parachute payments, they should still be competitive. We've obviously got Leicester, Leeds, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, who were both um, in the playoff picture last season. So it's a, it's a tough old start for us. And yeah, I think, I mean, maybe that helps. Maybe that kind of focuses minds that actually you can't really experiment in um, in these early games because you're already up against the already up against the kind of the sides you're likely to be competing on on even footing with. So perhaps it's 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 good that that we get those games out of the way. You basically just stick your stick whatever first eleven you can get away with out of there from the start, and. Yeah, you kind of hope to kind of blag your way through to um, to a certain extent, and you make changes as and when you need to. When as when the, any sales go through, we're then able to bring in potential replacements, and then that's when um, the changes in the in the um, starting eleven can take place. And that's that's kind of I think realistically, we're probably not going to know our our strongest eleven in this division until the middle of October. Do you think? Do you think he knows who he doesn't want, though? And and, and is that more important? Because you talk about like we we might not we might know the best eleven, but he certainly has identified those that don't fit into his way of playing. He, he's got to have that that list of players that at all costs he's, he's not going to start. He he doesn't want in the squad. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, do do we kind of draw conclusions from Tuesday night and the lineup and the well the bench from from yesterday in that Alex McCarthy looked an absolute wreck trying to pass the ball out from the back, as I think we probably all <laughs> predicted would happen. And come Saturday, he's not even sat on the bench. Is that a, is that a pointer? I mean, we've, we've obviously discussed McCarthy in, in detail over the last probably two years about the fact <laughs> that realistically we're never, we're still not going to be able to get rid of him anyway. Nobody's going to pick his wages up. So unless we're willing to do some sort of, some sort of deal to just get him out of the door, then we're kind of kind of stuck with him to an extent, and and that's not ideal. When Bazunu's form is kind of a little bit up and down, we we don't know how he's gonna how he's gonna adapt to to playing in this league. Um, he might he might be absolutely fine for all we know, but you would like to know you would like to think that there is a, a competent backup behind him who can fit this who can play the system. And unfortunately, we are confident that the guy that's the backup can't play the system so that that's kind of that's quite a big concern for me I think that's that's one of to be honest that's probably one of our biggest issues the goalkeeper situation I think I'm fairly relaxed on Bazunu for now um obviously bearing in mind a couple of couple of sort of fairly monumental errors in in these pre-season games but you can you can as with anything in pre-season you can write it off well it's pre-season people are just getting people are getting fit you you're lacking sharpness, whatever. Once, once, the, once the real stuff kicks off, if he's letting him in the near post like he did in Turkey, or if he's letting one underneath him as he did at Reading last week, then all of a sudden there's big questions, and the only answer to that question is Alex McCarthy, and it's not an answer, frankly. Um, <laughs> We're asking the wrong question if that's the answer, yeah. as they say. Glenn, who's really grasped the nettle? Do you think who's really stood out for you with this preseason? Is there anybody that you think actually you're a little bit surprised? I'm thinking of some of the younger players, perhaps that have, have been given a chance to start. Well, I think I said last week, Sam, am I, am I, or has gone from you know 16 year old, and and he's now probably the he's probably moved ahead of the likes of Dominic Ballard and Kamari Doyle. I know Ballard's been injured, and because I mean, our wide players last year was was a massive problem. They were very mediocre, and we've got rid of a few. Like Walcott's gone, Elianusi's gone, Orsic is gone. Not that he was ever really um, here anyway. And and suddenly Nathan Teller's become probably our first choice wide player. I think ev- everyone who picks starting eleven out of the players we currently got would would have him in it. And Sam Adozi almost by default has become the 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 choice on the other side because. I mean, where's Suleiman has not played a minute, so we've got to assume that he's not going to play a minute. I mean, that's a that's a bit of a mystery. He's been around the club, but he's he's, he's been injured not, apparently. No, he's been injured apparently. Yeah, he's back in training now. Is it a proper injury or is it a Salisu injury? Salisu injury. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. So obviously Sam has uh, has has come on and and played well. I've been impressed with um, with Shay Charles. He he looked a bit 
ponderous when he played that game against Reading. He got totally done on the second goal, but I thought mm-hmm. he's he's looked better and better. They've they've slotted him in on the the right hand side with Stevens on the left, and whilst Bednarek is injured, that is probably the way he's going to go because there's question marks over all the other. All the other centre halves, you know, obviously Salazar's gone, thankfully. Belakochap is obviously not; he, he's not in the plans. Lianco, they've tried to get rid of him, but he, I think he's uh, he's probably still going to be here. But yeah, uh, Ryan Manning has, look, has looked good, but then you know, Steve said last week he he just slots perfectly into the system. He knows exactly how it's mm. how it's going to play. It'd be really interesting to see out of Tino and um, Carl Walker Peters. That I mean, has to be Tino, surely. Yeah, I mean, we've touched on the ridiculousness of, you know, Newcastle trying to lowball for him and, and stuff like that. I, I think Tino will still be here and it's all gone quiet mm. on, um, on on Walker-Peters. But uh, as Steve said earlier, it, it could all massively change even by Friday. Mm. So, um, you know, does Romeo Lavia play on Friday if he's still here? I mean, he's he's one of our best players. So mm. you would think, OK, well, if he's still here, maybe we'll, maybe we'll play him. But he, he hasn't looked particularly on it. In uh, in the preseason games, but then his his head's full of um, Jurgen Klopp whispering sweet nothings, isn't it? No doubt, as um, as Jurgen tends to do. So uh, so no, there's 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 been no one who I would class as being, you know, a, a massive surprise apart from the youngster. Any disappointments, Alfie, for you? Anybody that you thought might have had a better preseason than I, I mean, Sam Adozi possibly for me. I was expecting perhaps a little bit more. But... I, I wouldn't say Sam Adozi disappointed me to be fair because he didn't play any football since Ruben Sellers came in, um, which was something I spoke about with him yesterday. Actually, uh, as Quentin, he sort of said that he went through all the phases of uh, you know being a bench player and being an impact player for Ralph, and then obviously Nathan Jones made him a, a starting wing back, which he didn't mind actually. He quite enjoyed um, working on Nathan Jones. Apparently, he said that he learned a lot. Um, so I've been to see what he learned on that. But then obviously he had the, the third phase, which was uh, he didn't play a minute under Ruben Sellers, basically. He was one of the ones that was cast aside, presumably because he tries to take the ball forward rather than um, pass it backwards. But <laughs> uh, disappointments, I think, is harsh. But I mean, Lianco, for me, has revealed himself as probably not what we could have hoped, unfortunately. So, you know, disappointment seems harsh, but I think he probably isn't quite up to it in what mine wants. And... Like I say, the goalkeeper situation worries me, but I still back Gavin Bazuna a little bit as well. Um, other disappointments, I mean, I don't know how fit Che Adams has been. I don't know if he's been 100% firing round to go, but I would have liked to have seen him sort of just you know, grab the ball by the horns and then say to Russell, you know, this striker position is mine because at the moment he's let Adam Armstrong get in front of him. And uh, I don't think he'd yeah. be pleased with that if he wants to play. Just before, we want to talk about your the interview with Jason Wilcox as well. So we'll get onto that a bit later in the pod. Obviously, we'll come back to, to transfers as well. Just before we preview the, the Sheffield Wednesday game, I know, Glenn, you were doing some comparisons to our team that we had last time in the Championship. And and that, just just a, a, a quick <laughs> yeah. conversation around that, has kind of thrown up a few <laughs> few concerns as, as where we are going into this season compared to last. We haven't, as Saints fans, we haven't been in the Championship since, what was it, 2010? So it, it's a long time. The league the league may have changed, but if 2012, you look, I think. 2012 was it? Mm. So if you if you look at the side that we had that got promoted out of this league, which is obviously what we're trying to do this season, as it stands at the moment, obviously we're not at the transfer win, we're not at the end of the transfer window. If you if you look at the the spine of the team that got promoted, you're talking Kelvin Davis, Font, Hammond and Schneidlin, Ricky Lambert. We're we're nowhere near that. You know, in terms of the, the the players that we've got at the moment, obviously we're going to play a different style of football with a totally different manager, and it's year, years further on. But that team had, you know, it had a lot of grit in it, and it had a lot of know-how. It had a lot of experience, um, and it it just and it had, it had players who'd been around the league, even the players you don't necessarily remember too much about, like Danny Fox, Richard Chaplow, Jack Cork. I know Jack Cork was only a youngster then, but he'd, you know, he'd had, he'd had a good ground in playing in the championship for for other clubs. So it it was, uh, yeah, that and and you had, you know, a young Adam Lalana as well to add a, add a bit of magic. Now you could argue that we've got players like that, you know, Nathan Teller, Sam Adosi, whatever, who could turn into that sort of player. But it just to me, we 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 look quite a long way short at the moment, bearing in mind the players that we are expecting to to leave. So. I think there's, there's there's a lot of work to do, and uh, hopefully there are sort of deals lined up for incoming players for when Romeo Lavia or James Ward-Prowse do, as seems um, you know, do leave as seems inevitable. When there's some money but, in the uh, kitty, yeah. but yeah, it's it, it, when you 
It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit doom and gloom that, but you you can't you can't you kind of look back at that team that did get promoted and and sort of think yeah we're quite a long way short of that. Who's going to score twenty? Most of those players play in League One as well, isn't that yeah. just incredible? Quite yeah. a lot of them, yeah. The, the, te- yeah. the team spirit as well, wasn't there? And that winning mentality which we had last time going into the league, which we obviously yeah. Well, that the the, the the team spirit and the winning mentality came from the League One seasons, where yeah. you know yeah. the the first the first season we won enough games to get promoted, but or to make the playoffs by the 10 points, obviously won the JPT, got promoted, and then the championship was just a continuation of that. We've got to turn it around, obviously, because we've been losing for the best part of three years, and and, and we've got to turn it around. And it, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see whether the characters we've got in the squad at the moment are capable of doing that. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, if you're watching live on Sunday evening, do get involved with the comments with your your starting 11 and and who's impressed you during pre-season, who you think we need to bring in, what areas we need to address as well, because we'll look at those a bit later. Now, the season in the Championship kicks off on Friday evening with the trip to Sheffield Wednesday. To help us preview that, I'm pleased to welcome James Mappin from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hi, James. How are you doing? Hi, guys. Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, we were chatting to you last season, weren't we, before the uh, the League Cup game, um, which I'm sure we'll get on to in just a moment. But it's been a, a busy season or busy pre-season for you guys as well. You've appointed a new manager this summer. How's that all working out? Do you see that as an upgrade? Uh, it's a tricky one, uh, to be honest. I think Darren Moore kind of split quite a lot of people last season or the and the season before when he was when he was here. Um, I mean, you can't deny that he, he did the job uh, in terms of he got us out of League One, which is what we needed to do. But, you know, there were some people that that, that didn't like him for, for whatever reason. Um, me personally, I thought, he'd done a, I thought he'd done a great job. But, yeah, unfortunately, football things happen, you know, disagreements behind the scenes and everything, and obviously everything fell down. <laughs> to be honest, there, there weren't many names in the heart that I looked at and thought, wow, that would be a fantastic appointment. However, when you look at Cisco and you look at the fact that he took Watford up out of this league, he's he's managed in this league before, I suppose out of everyone, you think, well, yeah, he's got a, he has got a decent track record. The, the, the noise coming, coming out from, you know, behind the scenes was that we have a list of players that, um, that the chairman is going to pick and, and choose from. And, and that's kind of how Cisco's worked before, especially at Watford, you know, that, you know, he, he didn't have the, the say over the players that came in. So from that point of view, yeah, it, um, it's, you know, it seemed like a, a good fit. And also, you know, I had intents of moving away from the boring five, three, two that we were playing for the past couple of seasons, which I think did a job in league one. However, I think we needed something a little bit different and, you know, Cisco seemed to have, brought that different style of play in, which I think will be refreshing to see. So what is the style of play going to be like going forward then? What can we expect? Well, based on pre-season, he's gone, to a, he's gone back to a back four rather than an, a three or a five, whichever way you want to look at it. He's been yesterday in the in the game against Luton, it was more of a, a 4-1-4-1 formation, although he has experimented with a, a 4-2-3-1 and various other reincarnations of, of that formation. But mainly he's, he's on to a a back four instead of a instead of a back three or a back five, like I said, whichever way you want to look at it. So yeah, something a bit different. Preseason's not gone 
great, let's say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think just the timings have all been wrong, personally. The, the fact that we had to go up via the playoffs, you know, other teams have had that extra time to, to get the teams ready. Then we've obviously got rid of the manager, what, two weeks after the, our season's finished. Then it takes another two weeks to get the manager in. Then it takes another two weeks to actually sign a player as well. So, and then, you know, we're here now and we're, you know, what, six days, five days from, from the season starting. So, yeah, timing has been awful this preseason. Well, it took us long enough to get a manager in and we knew who we wanted. Steve, what are your thoughts uh, looking ahead to, to Friday night? Are you, you, you think it's going to be a good game? There's been some pretty high scoring games over the years. There's been some pretty turgid affairs as well. It's difficult to, to see which way this one's going to go. Yeah, I mean, toss a coin on on that front. I don't think it'll be a. I don't think it'll be an average game. It'll either be brilliant or god awful. I think. I mean, Wednesday were. I mean, as as James said, they from from what I saw, which I mean, admittedly wasn't a huge amount, but the, the few games I did see, they were largely kind of defensively resilient. But was that just because of weight of numbers? Was that because you were defending with five against League One opposition? And it's you. As you say, if they've if they've moved systems now and they're they're playing a different way, but they've still got the same players that they had in in League One for the um for the most part, then I mean, are they how are they gonna be sort of capable of, of making that step up? But it's Friday night under the lights, presumably gonna be a gonna be a big crowd. I'd no idea if it's a sellout at the home end, but I think we've we've sold even the extra tickets that um that we were eventually given. So should be a decent atmosphere at least. Um, and no doubt Andy Hinchcliffe will be um, uh, getting very excited in the, uh, in the co-coms seat on, on Sky. That'll be, that'll be really, uh, yeah, that'll be, that I'm expecting that to be pretty one-sided. <laughs> James, who are the new faces that we should look out for? Have you seen much of the, I know there's been a couple of additions this summer. Is, uh, have you been able to see much of them in pre-season? Uh, in short, no. Uh, yeah, we we signed three. Well, we, we've signed four players in uh, in the this transfer window. One was Reese James, who we had on loan for the for all of last season. So he doesn't really feel like much of a new face. He plays at left back, pretty solid. Played quite a lot centre back as well. Someone that's about four foot ten, he did quite well at uh, centre back. To be honest, um, the other three that have come in, uh, Juan Delgado, he's operates as more of a right-sided midfielder or winger he played yesterday played the first 45 minutes he looks good looks strong um got a little bit of pace about him as well he had a chance which perhaps you know a bit of a heavy touch but no he uh that's something that we're lacking at the, at the moment we've got Malik Wilkes on the right but he played about five games last season he was injured and he's, he's hardly played any pre-season either so it was de- definitely something that we needed uh Ashley Fletcher on loan from Watford on a season-long loan tall it lo- looks very much like Michael Smith, who we've already got, if you if you're quite lazy and just look at the his height, but he does uh, you know like to get in behind defenses, and that's one thing that's going to be different this uh, this season. Last season, everyone said we were crying out for pace. Gregory and Smith up front, they've got no pace really between them whatsoever. But when when you come up against sides such as Morecambe, um, Wickham, all these sides like that, Atkinson, Stanley as well, they, they just play with every man behind the ball and, you know, they, they, you know, sit really deep and it's very hard to, to break them down. So even though we, did, we lacked pace, we would, wouldn't have been able to use it anyway. However, this season, playing a bit more of a counter-attacking football, we, we are going to need a little bit of pace. I don't think Ashley Fletcher is the answer, um, but he's certainly, you know, another guy up top. And then the other one who I'm really excited about, we have, but we haven't seen, cause he, he's only just come in you know, a couple of days ago, is uh, Paul Valentin, a um, guy that we signed from Sporting Gijon. In, uh, there's, a, there's a theme here as well, like, you know, Juan Delgado and <laughs> Spanish-speaking, obviously Spanish-speaking manager as well. And he's... Um, they're all, all players that have played with uh, or, or been managed by Cisco as well in the past. Um, but looking at his stats, he, he has got a bit of pace about him. He plays right back. So, you know, the, the two new guys linking up is something that we're going to be looking forward to. But, yeah, you know, Ashley Fletcher came off the bench yesterday and played 20, 25 minutes. It didn't really do a great deal. But, um, but yeah, at that point, we'd made quite a few changes anyway. So it was probably quite difficult. So, yeah, in answer to your initial question, 
You haven't really seen any of it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make our conclusions on Friday. Um, Glenn, on paper, you know, a great fixture for us, really. If, you, if you're looking at um, home, would probably be ideal, but um, mm. great opportunity on the Friday night. And, and as we talked about with that starting 11, there's going to be a number of players there which probably won't be there had this game been in September. So it's a good opportunity. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting from the, I, I do wonder what the, what the teams thought who like Sheffield Wednesday, oh, we got Southampton in the first couple of weeks before the transfer window shuts because we could, in theory, have, you know, several players of Premier League quality who will probably be playing in the Premier League or or we could be not playing any of those or they could all be, you know, suffering like Lavia is with his head full of Jurgen Klopp's sweet nothings. So it's, it, it's interesting to... Um, to see how we go. I mean, you know, um, James said he's got no real idea what Sheffield Wednesday are going to do, and we're we're exactly the same. We've we've got no idea how the team that we've been watching in preseason is going to is going to is going to do in a competitive game. I mean, when I saw I saw the the Carabao Cup game last year, and and the one thing for me that stood out about Sheffield Wednesday, you were very unlucky to lose the game on penalties. I thought overall was the um, that we really struggled with the physicality. Of the um, you know the central defenders and the, and the um, I can't I can't remember his name. There was a guy who just ran everywhere in midfield, and it it was just we really struggled. I mean, you played us at a funny time because we just sacked Ralph, and um, we were we were managerless. Soon to appoint the genius that was uh, Nathan Jones. So it was a it was a bit of a strange game. So it probably doesn't have much much of a much of a point pointer towards this. But uh, I'm I'm not sure that playing a, a newly promoted club away on a Friday night on the first game is necessarily a good, um, a, a good, you know, it's not good. I and mean, we got Sheffield Wednesday and we got Plymouth first two away yeah. games. And you were talking so about our last season in the, in the league where we had the momentum where we come up from mm-hmm. league one and we had that spine. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Momentum is something we definitely haven't got. <laughs> <laughs> Unless downwards counts. Yeah. The momentum so, uh, has, uh, has gone by the way. Uh, massive. <laughs> yeah. We've not even kicked a ball and, Things off the pitch and everything, you know, the manager going, the fact that we've not really strengthened the squad. We let quite a few people go. I mean, I'm just looking at the side that, that played against you um, last season. On the on the whole, you know, largely it is, it is the same. Deli Bishiru, uh, he's probably the the only one that's uh, that's missing in Stockdale as well. Who was in goal. McGuinness went back to Cardiff as well. He was a big a big loss, but everyone else is. It's still there. Will Volk came off the bench. Smith came off late on, and and Reece James, who I mentioned earlier, he also came off. So the vast majority of the players we have still got, obviously playing in a, a totally different uh, different system now. We have already got a few little niggly injuries already, which I'm sure you know we're going to get a lot of those this season. That's kind of a big worry. The the strength in depth that we've, we just haven't got any strength in depth whatsoever. But going back to your you know the, the momentum and stuff, you know we. Missed a massive, you know, massive opportunity by obviously. I'm, I'm sure everyone saw the Peterborough game uh, when we were four 0 down in the first leg and, and come back to to win that on penalties and and then again at Wembley, you know, 123rd minute winner, you know, in kind of dramatic scenes and everything. And there's a massive buzz around Sheffield Wednesday and you know the ticket prices, which I know you boys have had your tickets uh, subsidised by, uh, by sponsors and stuff like that. Loads of things that have happened which have just really not captured the the enthusiasm behind Sheffield Wednesday fans and made quite a lot of fans quite angry, to be honest. And it's not really what you want, having been promoted in the way that we did. You know, you want to ride on that uh, crest of a wave, and unfortunately, it's uh, that, yeah, it's just it's just just not there anymore. I can see so that it would take it, the shine off it. Yeah, yeah. Are you kind of expecting to, you know, if you had to do a prediction for the entire season, are you kind of expecting to to struggle and it would be decent to stay up, sort of thing, or are there more? Yeah, have more more ambitious to push into the top half sort of thing. It's a funny one because when you again when I mentioned there the squad is largely the same. There is some players in there that you, you know last season we were saying championship quality. You know Barry Bannon, Josh Windass, Will Volks, George Byers. They're, they're all you know Windass and Byers were injured for uh, for the back end of the season and we really missed them. Um, they're certainly players that could easily play in. In the championship, so you look at that and and you think, well, you know, probably got a good spine there and could do quite well. The the, the worry is is just the the strength in depth. We've got twenty first team players, which is just not enough. Like that is literally enough for 
we've got a few spare. It's literally just enough to, to fill the bench with nine subs now. We're you know, we're gonna be playing kids and the preseason has been dominated by by the kids playing, um, which they weren't good enough last season, so we did the hard well, I think we had the oldest squad and we the least amount of minutes to under 23s last season. And then now we're asking them players to, to make the step up and play in the championship, which is going to be difficult. And there's some fans that have got rose tinted glasses on saying, oh, we're going to find a few gems. But, you know, how many times have we said that and they play and they're awful? So, you know, they get found out. It's all right playing against York and Chesterfield in a pre-season friendly, but maybe York and Chesterfield is their level. Not mm. playing against Southampton in a, you know, in the first game of the season, who've just, you know, just got relegated, and as you said, I've kept quite a lot of your your Premier League players. Going to trouble you for a score prediction in just a minute, James. Before we let you go, um, Alfie, are you looking forward to uh, the trip to to Hillsborough on a Friday night? There's oh, going to be yeah. a few of these trips up north, isn't it, this season? I think I worked out earlier in the month. I think it's like eight thousand total miles we're going to be doing on the road, something like that. Um, it's a ridiculous amount, but. That being said, I think something that Russell said was a lot of the players aren't going to feel like they've come out of the Premier League because they're playing at Hillsborough on a Friday night in front of what will hopefully be a sold-out stadium. I think that atmosphere is going to be absolutely phenomenal. You know, I can't wait. Good. All right, James, um, score prediction for you. How do you see this one playing out? Can I go in my head and my heart? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it could be totally different, to be fair. Um, the, the fact that pre-season has been awful, although saying that, if you play football manager, when you have a crap pre-season, you're normally pretty good in the in the league. So I'm, I'm holding out some hope. But no, I think my head's saying you're going to have far too much for us. We're playing a new style, which we've you know, it seems like we've not even got to, got to grips with yet. Um, my head's saying it's going to be a 3-1 defeat. My heart says that we could perhaps... Nick it one nil and uh, make it good. Now, like you've just been saying, Alpha, n- not break us down, and we can could catch you on the break with and, and, and Nick one. Okay, Steve, score prediction for you, please, for this game. Oh yeah, I mean, I I would kind of go. I think the the head the head sort of option I think is probably a probably a one nil win for us. Um, I think I don't think we've got the goals in us just yet. Much like you, we're also trying out a new style of new style of playing where we're dominating possession rather than seeding it and trying to nick stuff on the break. So yeah, I, th- I, I, th- I mean, I looking pl- man for man, you would, you would obviously say, yeah, we've, we've got the better, we're going to have the better lineups, but the atmosphere behind them, who, who, who kind of knows how it, how it goes. I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd absolutely bite your arm off for a one, just a scrappy one, one nil win, 84th minute winner. Just, yeah, just, just get the three points on the board right right at the very start. Top top of the league on Friday night. That'd be lovely. Get off and running. Yeah. Okay. So I'll put you down for one nil, right? Yep, that'll do. Okay. Uh Glenn. Uh I'm a little bit concerned about how our team will react to the atmosphere and and the expectation. Because that you know, there is an expectation from the from the manager and from the, the you know the higher ups at the club that you know we're gonna we're gonna mount a promotion bid this year. As I said earlier, I don't quite see it at the moment with with the players that we've got, um, especially in the forward areas, as Steve alluded to there. So it's um, I I think the the first half is 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 you know well, the first twenty minutes are gonna are gonna be massive. If we if we can su- survive what I predict will be a bit of a bit of a rough opening twenty minutes, then. Um, then I can I can maybe see us get uh, you know nicking the game later on. If we get to half time at nil nil, I could maybe see us nicking it. But uh, so um, yeah, that's what I'll go for. I'll go for a I'll go for a one nil win. But I think all all bets are off. It could be anything. We could easily get beat three nil. You can see I'd, we're oozing yeah. with uh, confidence yeah. games ahead of this one. Um, Alfie I as well. You keep mentioning the uh, the atmosphere. If things aren't going right. The atmosphere will get toxic. It can early already. Home or away? Hang on. No, for real. So if you, if you can if you can get an early goal and things aren't going our way, like I said, we, we the fans would can turn quite quickly. So yeah, don't don't think that we're going to be getting behind the team and willing to and things like be the, the opposite way around. Oh, this is great in the championship. I love it already. Love it. This is brilliant. Love it. It's much better, isn't it? Alfie, score prediction. What are you saying? Uh, well, I, in my head, I've had the entire episode. I was going to go with one all. Um, but the fact that even Steve and Glenn have gone for a win makes me feel that I should, I probably should change. Uh, but I'm going to have to, I'm going to go one all. I'm going to have to stick with it. Okay. All right. Um, just, just a question for you, boys. What's it? Are you optimistic that the fact that obviously last season was awful for yourselves? You know, just to get back to to winning some games 
well, if if it, if it once, transpires yeah. like that, I mean, we we all said exactly the same in two thousand and five, mm. the last time we came down, and yeah, we didn't go back up for for another what seven years or so. So it was yeah, it's. I think a lot of people are going to have a little bit of a rude awakening. But I mean, I I said this a lot last season that that I thought that the 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 talent in the squad is was there for us to stay up but it was a combination of bad management and not enough leadership within the within the playing squad at the moment we still don't have that leadership and the management is kind of new and fresh and the jury's out at the moment so yeah who knows um but yeah there's i mean there's a lot of expectation certainly be nice to be nice to play some better football i think you know i think that's that's something that's definitely going to happen we are going to play a better style of football i think there will be there will be uh, more, more. You know, we'll score more goals. So there'll be, and we won't have VAR disallowing them every two minutes, which <laughs> seems to happen last year. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I, I think the results will come, but I'm not, not particularly confident at this moment in time, given the, um, the sort of change around that's that's happening and is going to happen in the next sort of four or five weeks. And the, the buzzword seems to be patience at the moment for us. It's, it, it might not happen straight away. We're going to have to just wait and see. So, so patience. But uh, personally, I'm just looking forward to maybe stringing a couple of wins together because it's been a long time since we had a win, win three or four in a row. So um, we'll see. Um, James, thanks for coming on. Really good, really insightful. Um, and if it's right with you, we'll catch up again later in the season. Yeah, no problem. Well, I have, I have tipped Southampton to to go up this season but having listened oh, we to screwed that, them. you haven't put money on it have you <laughs> no, I haven't. we're doing our prediction show straight after this but having listened to you i think i might have to rethink that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the make of us you got the make of us cheers james have a good season cheers. no problem cheers, guys thank you uh, looking forward to it looking forward to that at the weekend before we finish a couple of other bits um alfie i just want to chat about the interview that you did with with jason wilcox which just seemed to go on forever wasn't it like you sat down with him for an hour and yeah. got the impression that he was just happy to to chat and, and get stuff out there and and that we've we've not had for a while yeah exactly you know, we got to about 50 55 minutes in i still went to ask a few more questions about the academy and the club communication manager tried to wrap it up and say you know we can we can sort of leave now if you want jason he was straight away he was like no no it's fine carry on then Second, we stopped recording. We kept talking all the way down to the car park, and in his nice Mercedes, he waved us off as well. So he's, he's obviously a great guy and happy to chat. The message from him that was absolutely clear, and that's why I've gone for a one-one, was that you know he wants time, patience, and, and back in. You know, he said it. He said it in his, his words exactly. He said, "We're not going to change what we're doing, so you might as well get behind it." Um, and I think that you know that it could take a little while. I do think it take a little while, but I think I agree with you. It's, it's refreshing, isn't it, to have somebody who's um, Clearly, so important. Um, you know, working really closely with with Russell. He's been working since January, you know, six days a week at Man City, and then on his day off, he would get the train down from Manchester to London, sit in the office with him, Sport Public, and design the game models and interview for I think it was between twelve and fifteen brand new, um, brand new really important roles at the club. So he's been working hard, um, and it's meeting all these people that I've been really lucky to do. Obviously, I met Sport Public back in May. I met Jason. I met Phil Parsons, the club's new CEO, uh, when I was out in Turkey, and. They are all good people. They are all charismatic. They're really interested, you know, and it, that's what's given me the, the confidence is that I really do believe that the right people are in place. We just have to see the results now. It was uh, refreshingly honest about James Ward-Prowse and the West Ham bid because he, mm. he didn't have to to divulge their, their, their opening bid and, and, and admit that the dialogue had happened. He could have just brushed that off, but that was nice to hear, I thought. From yeah, a, I think it's from, a, from an honesty point of view, not that West Ham are going to nick our best player. No, of course, but I think it's also, I mean, it's beneficial for the, them to have that out, isn't it? That you know, they're not going to accept 20 million quid for James Will Prowse. And, you know, we, we've seen that apparently we're getting 12 and a half, 15, 17 million, depending on who you believe, for Mohamed Zalassu, which is a, an unbelievable deal if you can if we can pull that off and get get all of our money back and more on Mohamed Zalassu. So, yeah, it, feel, it feels like um, it's credit to Sport Public, to be fair, because we've been obviously really, really critical of them. And I think the decisions they made last year were obviously most part poor. The January recruitment, which was led by Rasmus Ankerson, was was you know pretty catastrophic to be honest with you. Like there aren't too many words for it. But what they've done now is they've said, "All right, we hold our hands up," and they've instead now they've put people in place to do those things for them, and that's what needed to happen. Um, yeah, it's a really but good. They, chat. they are rejecting offers. They're rejecting big offers. You know, they're they're turning down thirty-seven million pounds for Romeo Lavia. I mean, you know, how many championship clubs have rejected a thirty-seven million quid offer? Yeah. So it's really good. 
Yeah, it's a great chat if you get a chance to read it, by the way. Glenn, I know Salazu out the door. Uh, we're not going to shed yeah. any tears over that. No. My, my first thought was who's going to take the long throws, but it, to, to get 15 million euros is, is a decent amount of money for, for someone that, that checked out a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, re- regardless of what he's like as a player, you've just got to look at the person. You know, he he's not, not as good as he thinks he is. He really phoned it in, certainly since the World Cup. Def- good defending is all about consistency. Uh, you know, it's about putting in eight, nine, ten games without making a mistake or without, you know, just having a poor game. And he, he, I, I can't think he strung. He probably didn't string two or three games together last year where he actually played well, even in the first half of the season. And um, you know, the the mysterious injury where no one knows what it is and it's not it's not reported that that keeps him out until he's got something to gain. You know, he came back for the... I think he played the Benfica game, didn't he? Where he, I was surprised to see him. He, did he play in Turkey as well? He did play in Turkey, yeah. yeah he was actually so, really good in Turkey, to be honest with you. Yeah, he was probably the best and it's just, it's just to, um, you know, probably remind people that he's here. And, and I'm sure it was nothing to do with wanting to turn over a new leaf for the club. So it's a shame because when he came in, the, there was lots of noise about how good he was. And that I, think I remember Martin Simmons saying at the time, they kind of half expected him to be the next... Not you know, not the next exactly the next Virgil Van Dyke, but they thought yeah. they'd be selling him for a lot of money in two or three years' time. Well, do you remember that Man City game, Glenn, last year, last January, where he was man yeah. match on Sky by a mile? You know, you're thinking forty million pound player right there, but yeah, absolutely. Well, that, well, that but, was that was the that was the headline, wasn't it? Like mm. the following the following few days was yeah. right. City want him fifty million. Mm. That's going to be done in the summer, and I think three games later, um, he was turning in sort of four out of ten performances. Yeah, um, he's, he's, so it all clearly got to his head. Yeah, his head went, and then he got he got picked for the World Cup, and that was probably another thing as well. He sc- he scored a goal out mm. there, didn't he? As well, yeah. So, yeah. And you know, as well, okay, yeah. I actually yeah. think looking back, and you mentioned that. I actually think Ralph. If I'm wrong, I apologise, but I think Ralph referenced the fact that Marmosellas who might have let it get to his head after that Man City thing. I think he said something along those lines. I can't yeah, remember exactly. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Pretty, I'm pretty sure he did. I mean, you know, the bottom line is he's a good player, but does he want to be at Southampton? Is he going to turn over? Was he going to turn over a new leaf and play 46 decent games in the Championship? Answer: No. No. So, so he can go, and that exactly the same applies to to Bella Kochap as well. And he, he can he can go when the time is right. And if they get, you know, I mean, Leipzig has been mentioned because they're selling the, the centre after Manchester City. Mm. Has that happened yet? No, I don't, think I, don't so. th- I don't think it has. Mm. So, I mean, Bella Kochap, I don't know if he's injured or pretending to be injured or what, but he's <laughs> he's not been around in preseason whatsoever, has he? He's not even been not even been seen or or anything. So. Uh, so yeah, but if Salasu goes, Bella Kochap goes. Obviously, Lianco they're looking to, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to get rid of. Chiletazar was linked with Leon, was it this week? Mm. So um, yeah, they're, all, they're all of a sudden have... we've got no centre backs. Yeah, they're going to have to do seven centre backs previously. Yeah, they're going to have to do some work in the transfer, in, in you know, before um, before the transfer window. Reportedly plays. bringing in Zach Orr, is it, who's a former Arsenal defender, the Telegraph reported, I believe. Oh yeah, nineteen-year-old. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, apparently to play first-team football, but it seems another risk. If so. Could be another yeah. one for the future. The other thing, Steve, I don't know if you saw this week, the uh, the EFL said they're going to adopt a new approach to timekeeping, um, which <laughs> presumably means the... Uh, the Actually extended... following the laws of the game. But yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of read like we're just going to follow the laws of the game. But I know you were at the World Cup, weren't you, where they were um, putting the... They, they were applying the laws, as it were, and there was some quite... For the first uh, couple of games, at least. Some yeah. quite lengthy <laughs> delays. Are we essentially saying that we should cancel all our plans on a Saturday night because we're looking at an extra half an hour's play? Um, I don't think it'll be that bad. I think there. I think the first the first two or three weeks might be a bit silly. There might be a few games where bedding in, just sort of bedding in and getting used. Yeah, to it. well, and and also referees not wanting to be marked down um, for kind of not, not applying the rules for not mm-hmm. being kind of going, really dr- going against the directive. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's um, so yeah. I think the first first two or three weeks will probably be a little bit silly. We'll probably have. You'll probably have first halves where there's three or four added as a matter of course, whereas previously it's always been one at the most, and it'll be six or seven at least for the second half. And you could add, you can add a few on if you're playing against a team that's that's take that's kind of taking the piss a little bit, um, as as obviously we did um, a couple of times last season in in notable games. Yeah, but yeah, I I would expect it's going to be frustrating, and and everyone's going to moan about it. But ultimately, if they're applying, if they're 
I mean, the, the the thing that annoys me is the fact that they weren't doing this before, and they've made they've made this announcement. Oh, look at us! We're going. We're the ref, the referees have now been told to apply the laws that they did do they, one game last season, didn't they? they? Oh yeah, the, Arsenal away they applied yeah, the laws. Yeah. <laughs> and right. yeah, he he just decided. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just going to stop the watch at everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the the things the specific things they listed like um, stopping the watch when a penalty is awarded and only restarting it when the penalty is taken. I mean, I learned that when I when I did the referees course when I was 14 years old, <laughs> and I turned 40 this year, so that was quite a while ago. <laughs> And and yet, yeah, all the, all this referees referees at the top level have got very lazy. The job the job is obviously ridiculously hard because of the pace of the game. They are, gen, as a general rule, they are fifteen to twenty years older than the athletes, the toned athletes that they're trying to control. But they don't make they don't make it easy for themselves. And they base they basically just decided that certain parts of the law. Of, of the laws of the game, they can just just ignore. Oh, that's fine. We'll 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 hide we'll hide behind um, common sense, and then everyone will moan about um, referees not not showing consistency. So yeah, I think. I mean, I hope it sounds like a change for the better, but as ever, we need to see it in practice first. And given what what we've seen in the past from the referees in this country, I'm not not wholly optimistic. It must be said. You, you might be in for a late night on Friday <laughs> in Sheffield, Alfie. <laughs> we'll see. Um, listen, thank you, chaps. On that note, I think that's it for this week's pod. We've got through tons of stuff this evening. Uh, don't forget you can follow Total Saints Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Total Saints Pod. We're also new to Instagram and threads. Uh, so on there, it's at Total Saints Podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts during the week. You can either drop us a DM on any of the social media platforms or you can get in touch on the email. That's totalsaintspodcast at yahoo.co.uk. UK. That's if you've got something to share. Uh, we're also on Patreon. That's where you can find out more about supporting the podcast with a monthly contribution. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. It's patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast. That's where we've got all the different tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And each of the tiers comes with different perks, including those shout outs at the end of the podcast for the patrons in our Francis Benali and our Mick Shannon tier. So cheers again to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins, Matt Hall, Andy Hollis and Anthony Thompson, who are in the Francis Benali tier. And also to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Matt Rose and Nick Reed in the Mick Shannon tier. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Alfie. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for watching and listening. And we'll see you again next week. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.